Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Welcome to the Well Life Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All, with me, Liberty, and once again, I'm joined by my amazing friend and co-presenter, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, Liberty. How are you? I'm okay. I need to change my starting line. (laughs) I'd say instead of how are you. What have you been doing this week? I like it when you go, morning. (laughs) Do you know that is from a holiday? Somebody really cheered me up when I was on holiday in Asia. And every time I'd come out really early, she'd be really kind of sunny. And she gave me that and I've kept it ever since. (laughs) Oh, say say it now. Morning. Oh, it was a really annoying flatmate to live with then. And my friend Kate would tell you that because I lived with her. She was the opposite to me. She was not a morning person at all. And I was really annoying because morning is my thing, as you know. And I yep. wake her up like and make breakfast. I was the perfect flatmate. I make her breakfast, coffee, and I come out with good morning, Kate. And she'd be like, um, yeah. So I've always been a very morning person. That's why I'm very sunny about morning. Oh, so how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good actually. Um, where are we? We are people are back in pubs. Um, did you go? Yeah. No, did you? No, I haven't been to a restaurant. <laughs> I'm into a pub. I don't drink really, so it doesn't really affect me, pub. And also, um, yeah, I didn't really fa- I kind of feel like everybody needs to go and do what they need to do and then yeah might think about it at some point but I'm very as you know I like my own food <laughs> I yeah. like my own cooking I'm, never, I'm the biggest moaner when it comes to eating out so you know nobody makes chicken like I do <laughs> nobody does it like mama cat fakeaways <laughs> fakeaways yeah yeah I'm not just yeah although I've done a couple of takeouts now but I haven't done but mostly it's home cooking so I'm not really that bothered by Super Saturday um no I live right in town, um, as I'm always saying, and um, I could hear everybody on Saturday night. Oi, oi! Oh, God. Smashing things. And then uh, Sunday morning, I heard so many sirens on Sunday morning. I don't know if everyone was like collapsing or dehydrating or anything. Oh, God. And did you see all the pictures of Soho and places where people were just like sardined in? Borough Market, wasn't it? That was yeah, Borough Market. That was it. Yeah. So um, I people obviously needed a release. And I mean, what was I like when I was? I was a pretty wild, nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old. So maybe <laughs> I'd have been there. Maybe I'd have been there twenty-five years ago. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, that's right. I mean, I now COVID or not COVID, I looked at that and thought, God, I did not want to be standing there. Oh. I don't want to go to beaches when they're packed. You know, it's got nothing to do with coronavirus. It's just I don't like things not being that packed. No. Yeah. No. 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 I I haven't done anything. I'm just. It's not that I don't want to go. I'm just super lazy. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I like being at home. I do. I like anything that doesn't involve putting real clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> or any clothes on. <laughs> yeah so it's still pretty quiet around here um I've been getting up a bit earlier which um my lovely friend Fiona has been coming around and we've been working out in the garden and she has um she gets up and out and walks and gets her steps in and and so she's been coming around really early and we've been working out and that is a bit sort of how Elrody but not quite as early um so I have been just enjoying being slightly uh, yeah it's really nice. It's really nice. Normally by now I'm sitting here and I'm doing a podcast and I'm really sweaty, but this morning I did it early and I had a shower and I'm fresh. <laughs> well, I've been doing my walks at 7am with Una actually. Oh, um, how lovely. Yesterday 7am was so good. We, we got lost because I don't know, you know how bad I am at getting lost. <laughs> yeah. I really can't find my way out, but we found this massive like huge pond thing it was absolutely oh, amazing and I was like oh. she was like Jesus cat where are we <laughs> we're at that 
point that I was like, we're in Yorkshire. It's okay. Look, if we head in this direction, I can hear traffic. Like this one. She's like, whatever. And then suddenly to the left of us was this big lake. And I was like, oh, but look, this is so beautiful. So early and nobody's here. (laughs) Every cloud. Um, so our one hour walk turned into two hours because I'm not a tracker dog and I don't know how to find my way out of anything. Wow, proper lost. <gasps> 7 a.m. Yeah. is early. That's, it's that I'm actually, impressed. we've become a bit addicted to it because nobody's around. It's, there's a really nice sense of nature when you walk out that early. And every time I do it, I just find my whole day is really good. Yeah, and sets then I feel you like up, a double right. sense of achievement if I go on a bike ride or something, and then I'm feeling like, but the, the, the nature-wise, walking in that wood was very, um, very, very good. And then I came mm. back to my kids and everything that I had put on had crashed. You know, <laughs> destroyed. I want this. I haven't had any breakfast. I was like, you've got arms and legs. You know how to make toast. You know, like, oh geez, and then it all just fizzled away. That's yeah, quite that funny because I always say to my kids, oh, Max and Marnie can make waffles. Max and Marnie make smoothies. Get on with it. Do it yourself. So yeah, they can normally, but they did it so well in the beginning of lockdown. They were on fire. Max was cooking. And he's, in the last three weeks, I think he's bored, which is perfect because we're coming up to school holidays. <laughs> Only another Woo-hoo! nine weeks away. <laughs> um, so interestingly, yes. But also, um, you know, we've had a few issues with gaming. Yep. And um, off it. I have to say, the last two weeks it was really hard because it was like he was asking me all the time for the game when he was bad, you know, and it would happen about 10 times a day. And it almost, and I cracked once and gave him it back for an hour and a half. And then I, it was like we'd gone back to the beginning. But I sought a bit of help actually through a very lovely lady who we are talking to today. Yay! I'm so excited because we've got Dr. Michelle McDowell with us today. Michelle is a child and educational psychologist and psychological coach. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) I tell you, when you came across at the right time when I needed somebody, I was losing my mind, let's say. Oh, bless you. It is a challenge. And there are lots of parents, you're in chorus really, so many parents, myself included, that are having to balance and work with the challenges of gaming, technology and screen time during this time, particularly around COVID-19. Yeah, so lots of kids will be locked in at home and this will be their salvation or so they will be thinking so they can't get outside and their parents may not have time for them. They may be uh, just using this as uh, something to do. Oh, listen, technology during this time, this last, what is it now, 11, 11, no, it's about 14 weeks now, isn't it? Of, oh, yeah. Well, it's now eased, but it was about, yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. And, um, you know, whereas before technology would be the carrot, really, that a child would have at the end of the day, or, you know, something that they could do on the weekend, an extracurricular activity, once lockdown began, it was their life really it was a way of engaging with their family it was a way of engaging with friends it was a way of being taught and educated um so for all of those things and then you know entertainment through gaming and social media so it's become a a major tool and it wasn't something so the advice that i would have given before which would have been to detox you know really have a quite a rigid timetable around it had to really be re-looked at, you know, in my own professional life and my life as a mother, you know, because I was like, gosh, you know, um, what do we do now? Because this is the main tool to the outside world. Right. But we've come up, I've come up with some solutions that hopefully have worked for some of my parents that I work with. So, Michelle, yeah. you're, you're so accomplished. You have got so much experience. <laughs> oh, when I was looking you up, I was like, oh! This lady, you're a doctor, and this you're you're, you're specialising now in this area. But yeah. you have worked, you work with all kinds of different needs in both adults and children. Um, yeah. But I just thought it was so interesting that I was just looking through it, like child mental health, domestic abuse, learning difficulties, substance abuse, trauma, PTSD, and I mean that's like eighteen years of that, and now to yeah. come to this, which 
although not a new problem, is obviously something which is just, like you say, is so accessible. Um, and I think the thing I, I, I struggle with, and uh, similarly to Kat, I've banned it. I've had to ban it. My son has his own phone because he's at secondary school. So we gave him a phone when he started school. And he, although he's banned from playing on the um, PS4 or whatever it was, he started playing on a thing called Roblox. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started reading about that and I was like, oh my gosh, this yeah. needs to go too. So it just kind of feels like they have grown up knowing so much more about this stuff than we do. And I think as a parent, yeah. it's hard to know what's good and what's bad. Um, is anything good? Is any of this good for them? So yeah, it just feels like it's stumbling from the out of the frying pan into the fire. So when I was younger, we used to play stuff like Super Mario and like you say, yeah, it was a little, it was a little, a couple of hours and then we were done. But nowadays it's there whenever they, whenever they want it. So I don't know where to start. I just feel like, <laughs> is there one type of kid who's going to be more susceptible to uh, kind of an addiction? I remember when I was younger, actually, you used to watch and see um, kids in uh, foreign countries where they used to literally just wee under a table while they were playing these games. They were so addicted. And we would be like, no way. They can't even get off their chair. But now I feel like that's creeping in over here too. What's going on? Wow. Right, Liberty, you give me a lot. I like to talk, Dr. Michelle, can you tell? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> You're challenging me, and that's hard. <laughs> Should I break it down? <laughs> all right, let me start. Let me try. So you first of all started off by talking about, you know, technology being one of those things that we initially, you know, we used to play a lot at, a lot at home, and it didn't used to be an issue. You know, you were talking about Mario Kart, et cetera, when you were younger. Yeah. I think what we have to acknowledge is it's evolved a great deal, gaming. So organizations, you know, companies that develop games, they spend literally millions and employing people like me, psychologists, you know, gamers, you know, they, they spend a lot of time employing people to arrange these games and build these games in a way that will be capturing for their audience. That usually right. starts around, you mentioned Roblox, about eight years old. Yeah. Wow. And games like Roblox are usually the initial games that children will start off with. Now, I don't know if you remember the Maslow hierarchy of need. Do you remember that triangle? Oh, yeah. And at the beginning, we've got, you know, the security and the safety, um, you know, and survival. And then it goes up, doesn't it? You know, and you're prioritizing the needs, the human needs. Now, if you really go back and look at a game that's being designed now, what they do is when they're organizing it is ensure that they are capturing young people people generally every area of need so you feel secure and comfortable because you're at home you feel accomplished because you're winning a game then you get involved and you win another game it gives you that feel good factor because mri scans have showed now that the more we play games the dopamine do you know what dopamine is yeah, the chemical that's developed in the brain, yeah. that feel-good chemical, they call it, you get more and more of that. So each time you win, you get a bit more dopamine. And the message that's sent to the brain is, give me more, give me more. And what they've discovered is, when you look at the scan of somebody that's been gaming, and you look at the brain scan of somebody that has been taking drugs, crack cocaine, drinking alcohol, it is the same dopamine levels gosh that's scary so you know we have seen the sensationalized titles of sometimes you know gaming is similar to crack cocaine you know um everything we play will have some form of dopamine in it but the concern around it is we're not aware of it so parents have inadvertently invited this technology into their house without knowing all of the challenges that can come along with it and the perils of it but I would pause there to say, I am not saying by any shape or form that you should not engage with technology. You know, I think that's an impossibility now. Yeah. What you can do is balance. And I encourage parents to work with it and take back control so they can organize their lives with including technology in it. Yeah, I think the thing to say is, it's like, you know, 
we're coming back to lockdown again. Um, and I, you know, like I've said to you actually, Michelle, before, is that we're guilty as charged, right? At the beginning of lockdown, we were all in this fluster, you know, like I work, my husband works, and I was trying to put time limits on things. But honestly, it was quite, it was rabbit and headlight situation, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then I was trying to watch an hour and I'd be like, oh, hour turned into two hours, turned into three hours, turned into not worth the fight, you know, like all of these things. So I, I, I get when parents are going, oh, but you know, like, and then you sort of relied on this digital babysitter without knowing anything about it. It was like handing over yeah. my kids to somebody I didn't know and say, oh, do you know what? Yeah. Could you look after them for me, please? Yeah. Having never really met them, didn't look at their credentials or anything. And I didn't know anything about, um, the game I didn't bother playing because I don't really like games and I've got absolutely zero interest in them and I had the attitude of like you know oh that's a boys thing that's what boys do they play games boys like games girls didn't really give stuff about it so my blase attitude was selfishly I needed a bit of time because I had stuff to do we didn't have any schoolwork going on at that point you know like and then my whole the whole thing then spiraled out of control and so I, it went to another level, perhaps, of where it shouldn't have gone to. And I didn't know that, you know, the dopamine thing. And because, you know, these things don't come with any particular warnings. The age rate of things as well had sort of changed, hadn't they, I think, of, of what it was originally put out to. So, again, I think we're not almost qualified in enough. We're, we're definitely, there's information there that we're just not given, which is what obviously you're telling us now. And I think a lot of people then, you know, like what I've done with Max in particular, with the game that particularly, you know, was troublesome for him is that downgraded him to the next game, which is what you're talking about. And then knowing that that is just as bad. It's quite hard mm. for people to manage it with time, isn't it? It's incredibly hard. But I would say to parents, don't give up. Don't give up. It yeah. is a challenge, but it's one that you can, you can do, you know. So initially I say to parents, take your time, just observe for a week. Have a little tally chart. Okay, he was on it for two hours a day, four hours this day, five, you know, see, take a tally chart and have a look at how long um, they're generally on the game for. Then think about your own personal circumstances, your family, and think about what's acceptable for you, what you think you can cope with in a day. Yeah. And then work back from that. So, for example, some parents will say, actually, realistically, three hours a day we can manage, we can work with. Okay, work with those three hours. Obviously, it's dependent on the age of the child. I would generally say under 11, I try to keep it to an hour and a half, two hours complete maximum. They're generally saying two hours should be the maximum for all children. But we know during the lockdown and COVID, that's not a reality. So I say generally gauge it. Then have a family meeting. If it's just you and your child, like it is with me, we have a family meeting. If it's a whole family, you have a family meeting. And you write down almost like a contract. This is what we are going to do. This is a time that you can have it for and you take charge. It's not a negotiation. There are lots of parts of parent, parenting that can be. But this particular part, I think children need to be aware that you're the CEO. You know, the parents are the directors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and be really clear about what the consequences are and about where the boundaries are around the gaming, about when they can do them and when they can't. Keep that communication flowing, though, about the discussions around, you know, what you can do, what the, the, the risk is, what, the, you know, what we need to put in place to keep them safe. Because I speak to a lot of parents and um, they haven't done the safety, for example. So I was speaking to a parent the other day and she was saying to me, I've been playing Roblox, he's been playing Roblox. So I've been really worried because some, you know, some outrageous things are coming up on the chat. You know, people talking, you know, really, really quite um, abusively to each other. He was seeing that. And I said to her, have you checked the parenting restrictions? Have you put them on? Right. Oh, I didn't even look. I don't think I even knew that. No. Because a lot of the time they're pestering, mum, mum, can you put this on? Can you put this on your phone? And we don't think about putting them on. We're just like, oh, OK. Yeah. You know, and I checked in with her in the afternoon. I said, oh, my goodness, I've, I've just kept it now to just his friends. And I've told him clearly he can only play with the friends that we know, that we speak to and see, you know, face to face. He can make contact with them and no one else. So a lot of the time it's about educating parents around 
what you know because some of the games now they don't want the bad press they want to ensure that they'll keep um their children safe on there really as well so they're trying to put all the parental restrictions in that they can but we've got to play our part and do as much reading around the games roblox fortnite all of those you know and be sure that we feel comfortable that our children can stay safe within within them i was really really concerned particularly around this time where I don't know if you've seen in you know, some of the major newspapers, the broadsheets have been talking about this quite a lot, but the research that's come out about the amount of predators that have been online, so adult predators that have been online actively seeking out um, younger you know, youth, yeah. really, either get them out of the game back at, into Facebook or into Skype, where they can lure them into eventually meeting with them or get them to take pictures. Of themselves, that then is, but the the, the numbers are quite significant now, they're quite severe. So, again, I'm trying to inform parents about ensuring that they communicate all the time with your young person. Sometimes, you know, I don't know about you, I, I, you know, my my son has access to my phone, he's eight years old, and sometimes he would have taken four pictures without me even realizing. Um, and he doesn't know how to send them on now. But, you know, I'm, I'm just a bit concerned about telling him that actually once you've got a picture, Raph, do you remember it can go into the cloud? Do you remember where the cloud is? You know, it's not a cloud outside. It is this place that, you know, some people may have access to. Yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to say to him, only do something online that you're completely happy with. And you would do that in front of mom. You would do that in front of adults. Yeah. Otherwise, don't do it. But it's really about keeping this communication open, particularly around, you know, the ones, these conversations that, you know, lots of parents don't really want to have about porn. Yeah, yeah. About appropriateness, you know. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to do is often just kind of have these real conversations with parents, you know. And again, about the gaming technology, see, I could talk for England. <laughs> keep it out of the bedroom. Keep it central. Yeah. Keep it, keep it in those engagement areas in the house. So in the living room, you know, in the, you know, the kitchen, somewhere where everybody is around. So you can have a bit of a nose to be quite frank. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you can have a bit of a look and over the shoulder and say, right, okay. Oh. And if you can engage with the game. I had the play of Roblox the other day. <laughs> Mom, that's terrible. Why are you doing that? Why? But it gave him, you know, all oh, right, she's actually playing with me, you know, but it gave me an opportunity to see what the excitement's all about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was it good? <laughs> I was terrible at it. <laughs> what is it? What do you have to do? <laughs> Nonsense. He was playing a game <laughs> where the more the bird flaps the wings, the more points you get. So you're just constantly tapping here to get the bird to flap. <laughs> Ah, what a load of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds brilliant. Michelle, actually, if I can just talk to you about the behaviour yeah. side okay. of it, because that's the bit that I found quite tricky mm -hmm. um, in terms of with certain games that he played, he could he would come and he'd be okay. But that, this one particular game that we talked about, he wouldn't come on time for dinner um, and he wouldn't just come on time for anything. Why does that happen? Okay, so if we think about it, we have physiologically, our bodies aren't in tuned to or evolved into gaming yet. So they've not evolved into, right, this is a technology game. What our bodies do adjust to is physiologically, um, if it's a stressful situation, we go back to a period of time where we would respond to stress in an appropriate way. So really physiologically, we go back to seeing that tiger or lion you know that our body's saying oh my gosh that's a stress factor you need to freeze flight run away or fight those are the, the those are the responses that our body is going to take part in so our mind and our physiology doesn't realize that actually we're not running away from a tiger but actually we're in a virtual world and we are playing and all of those triggers occur so the young person is in this game, it's stressful because they want to get that next point thing. And in that virtual world, they're in that fight or flight mode. So yeah. what they do is all the physiologically, all the things that would happen is your brain closing down. You know, their amygdala is, is, is kicking into gear. What do we need to do to ensure that your safety? So all the rational thinking, all the calming behaviors go out of the window because of, of course, the body is in fight or flight mode or freeze mode. 
So when we immediately say to a child without warning, right, that's it, usually. <laughs> off yeah. now, I've warned you, I've warned you, and I'm, you know, off. The body is still in this, I'm paying, and I'm paying. And so they completely switch. And the emotional regulation that is usually there isn't because the body is in this fight, flight, stress mode, high stress mode. So it goes into retaliation. And it almost feels like, and we see it as, the aggression, you know, mm-hmm. the anger that comes with it. And we are not making sense of it. But physiologically, you, in effect, have a tiger or the lion. Yeah. And the, the child's response is, and complete rage. And that complete emotional dysregulation. It's because the game is live as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And they're actually in this world. You know, I've had to say to my son at points, we're actually not actually in the game. I've seen him, you know, lift his leg up, his arm up, and everything, getting really involved in the game, you know? So you're like, actually, it's a virtual world. But I, I do think, you know, we all get a bit confused with it, don't we? I see people on social media respond in ways that I think, actually, hold on, think about this. This isn't your friend down the road. You know, you're sending this message to literally millions without realizing you know but we become so involved and engaged in this conversation we forget about everything else and that's what happens in the game so a lot of the time it's about pre-warning and that's why the contract that we spoke about is so important because you're pre-warning them initially actually remember we've said two hours maximum if you want to do that in half an hour increments throughout the day or if you want one two hour block that's completely up to you but that will be it and then have your your toolbox if you like have the timer if that helps have the phone to the side be really clear with them you know listen we said this time the bell rings and once the bell rings that's a warning and then 10 minutes time that is off so we're giving them that kind of you're almost giving that that emotional regulation again I have to say we did do that Mm-hmm. But it was still really tough getting him off. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I'd go, look, it's two o'clock. We said you'd play till two o'clock. And he was like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't. I have to finish this game. I have to finish the game. Yeah. It's like a real, like, if he didn't finish the game. Did you give him a warning at 1.50? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, mm-hmm. we had, we went through all the steps. Mm-hmm. And actually, for us as a family, we, we have had to completely take it away. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you will have to, because it's not all games, but some games young people will react differently too as well. So mm-hmm. the more intense they are in a game, some yeah. games, like we're talking about the way they're designed, um, trigger children and trigger young people more than other games do. And it's always going to be, you know, like when you're having the behavior charts and yeah. I often get parents say, but I've used it. But actually I would be saying, for how long have you used it? And for what focus was it? So sometimes it's about breaking it down again and really analyzing as you go along until you get a best fit. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. an incident in our house um, I just banned my son completely from um, playing on the PS4 Um, and the interesting thing I found this was maybe a month ago and the interesting thing I found was uh, he was becoming very aggressive he was very grumpy my daughter who's eight was um, saying she was afraid of him Um, he was just not himself and it all came to a head and I got the thing and I wrapped the wires around it and I just got rid of it um, within about a week of that happening, he was angry at first, but within about a week, he came to me and he said, um, thank you. And I was like, thank you for what? And he said, mommy, I was, um, realized now I was really stressed. I was thinking about that game all the time. And, uh, and I was amazed. I was really pleased because I know now that he was thinking when I took it away that I was going to give it back. So he turns 12 in August and he'd started to say, you know, there's this new PS4 game coming out with Spider-Man. And, and I was like, Wilfie, when I banned you from that game, from um, Fortnite, I, I've banned you from games now. That's it. And he was like, oh, OK, OK. And once he accepted all of that, he said, I feel like I can get to sleep better. 
mummy, I realized I was thinking about it all the time. I was always thinking, when am I next going to go on? And who, you know, who's going to be on there? He said, the only thing I'm worried about now is my friends don't know I'm banned and they're probably wondering where I am. So that was the only thing that was awkward that I then had to, he went for like a socially distanced play in the park with some friends. And he said, can you ring their mums and tell them that you've banned me? Because I don't want them to ask me because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fine. No one said yeah. any. I didn't do that. But no, no one said anything. But he, he was, he was embarrassed because he knew he'd, he'd let himself down. But he said he just felt like a weight had been lifted. And I was, I was like, it, I didn't expect it. I didn't mm. expect it. So it was almost like he was caught in this. He was caught up in it so far. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That that's so common that young people almost feel like that they don't know what to do. They're stuck in this kind of game, if you like, you know, they're stuck and they don't know and they need their parents to support them with learning how to regulate it, you know, learning how to step back from it and say, actually, enough is enough now. And that's yeah. why I say, because it, it is, I'm, I'm glad you, you touched on mental health, you know, the studies around anxiety, depression, you know, the kind of low mood that comes with it, the sense of isolation often that comes with excessive gaming, you know, it, it, they're showing such a high correlation at the moment. You know, um, there's, again, indications of mental health concerns, the more a young person goes on. Now, I have spoken to parents as well about some personalities, some learning needs being more likely, more susceptible to becoming addicted to gaming than others, you know? So I, wow. you know, in my day-to-day -day work of working with special educational needs, I often see with children that have autism, for example, that it can become part of the fixation. So they'll be like, I have to play this game and I have to get to it and I have to get to the end, you know? So that a particular game, a particular way of playing can become a fixation. And similarly with young people that have attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder, the overstimulation of the game, you know, they get more and more and more and more stimulated by it. So I do say to parents of children that have got special educational needs, please be mindful and really think about it because it's going to be more triggering to them than to children that have a perhaps more common neurodevelopmental development. So I do say to them, really think about carefully how you balance this. And challenge for lots of, lots of parents about taking something completely away because what we don't want is for children to feel like they don't have to do it secretly. Because I've heard stories of, you know, before lockdown of young people getting another phone, for example, or, you know, sneaking, sneaking in and finding. So really what we want to do is keep the communication open. Yeah. And maybe find ways of having it back, but really managing it with really firm boundaries. It's so if it was every day, maybe it's just two hours on a Saturday. Yeah. Interesting though that, Liberty's son handled it in a very different way to my son. My son had literally, because I did take it away because I had tried to give it back and we tried to do the, we, we'd gone through the phases of trying to do the timing schedule and all that and it yeah. just didn't work. Yeah. And his anger was such different. I mean, look, he's quite a sensitive kid anyway. You know, like I'm not one of those mums that he is perfect because none of us are and he comes from me. So, you know, um, I have, um, but, but his reaction in terms of how he took it was two weeks on, he was still going on about it. Like to the point where we were almost breaking to give it back because we were just couldn't cope with the conversation, but we didn't, mm -hmm. you know, we stood our ground, but we had tried to sort of do it slowly to kind of do the times, but he was still like, mm -hmm. so his personality types, obviously what you're saying, you know, everybody's yeah. different. Yeah. Um, and actually in the last, I think I spoke to you, didn't I? Last week, I said for the last four days, we, we literally had a breakthrough, but only in the last mm -hmm. four days. So this is, mm -hmm. this is three weeks now, I guess. Yeah. So it's yeah. taken us a lot longer. Yeah. Um, he has, however, stopped asking for it because I think he knows for reals now that it's not in the house. Um, and he'd have to go knock on Dina's door if he wanted it back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that. So um, it's just that, but, but it, for him, it, it's really shown quite a lot of difference. And one thing I feel also is that he's 11, almost 12, and he's getting bigger, things have changed. And I feel like it's almost pushed puberty to come on quicker. Yeah yeah unless that was early anyway or whatever but there's something there like 
something just like because I'm just like, is it hormones or is it the game? And now it's just hormones. <laughs> you know, like, are we just dealing with this for another year? What what is this? You know. So those points of the age limits of when kids play, it's quite tricky, you know, because he started getting, you know, all the puberty signs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean <laughs> it's really um challenging. Even when we talk think about the age limits, I was on a really interesting uh webinar the other day with the designer of Roblox. And it was really interesting oh, wow. that she was saying that, you know, now they're looking at the age range and, and thinking about um extending them. Was it lowering? Roblox you, is you really had, young though, isn't it? It is very young, you know, but really thinking about sometimes some of the the games on there. So for example, my son was telling me about a game the other day called Piggy on Roblox. Yeah. And I'm thinking of Peppa Pig <laughs> in my naivety. And he's mm -hmm. come to say to me, oh, mummy, you told me not to play some of these games because it's a scary one. And I've had a look and Piggy is like one of these kind of like the, you know, like a zombie type, you know, scary character. And actually when I had a look at it, it's it's 13 so even though they're on oh, Roblox, right. eight, that one and he's very clear because I've told him over and over again and he'll come and say mommy so and so are playing this now can I play and I've we've had a discussion about it and I'll say but are you 13 no mommy all right then go and choose another one and maybe choose another friend to play with you know? oh Michelle he sounds so adorable <laughs> 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 so are there, interesting i mean are there any benefits to any of these things i know obviously yeah. we use certain types of games for um which is a completely different kind of game but for you know learning tools and so on so and that kind of stuff is, is totally different right but these yeah. kinds of things that are just for gratification um and that instant dopamine that rush there really is there any good side to it um the technology generally, definitely. So what I've been saying to people around this COVID-19 is actually not all technology is equal. So really try and divide mm -hmm. the time up. We've got technology just for social, you know, like the, the Zooms, you know, like this, where we're having social conversations, you know, and, and engagement. That, and then you've got it for education, you know, the Google mm -hmm. Classroom, you know, the, so that type of engagement. And then you've got for entertainment and that level of communication as well. So if you like, you're going to have different levels of engagement for each one, aren't you? But the, the minimum one, the smallest should be the, the, the gaming. But even with right. gaming, there's been research that's indicated actually good correlation between the eye twitch and the eye movement for gaming um, an hour a day with um, it, you know, increase in reading um, and the ability to read you know, because of it's the same eye movement. Oh. Example, you know, research has indicated that cognitive wise and executive functioning wise, games can be very supportive of that. Um, I'm sure you know that Minecraft, for example, as a game, there's been really strong correlation with Minecraft, executive functioning, cognitive abilities, concentration and focus. So some games are, you know, are seen as actually really positive, but again, right. within limits. So I'm not, I, I keep saying, I don't want to be the Miri, Miri White House of, of, of technology of saying, no, no gaming ever, <laughs> you know, but really it's about balance and it's about being informed about what's out there and how to use it best. So it's good parenting practice and limitations and control yeah. and yeah. communication and understanding, I guess, respect, mutual respect, like you and Rafi. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's so interesting. It's just so different, I guess. And it unlike is. you, I've, I've never actually picked up the controls and played any of these games. So it's interesting that, um, I guess, a little empathy. I never thought about the fact that Wilfie would have been there having such a good time. And I do. I yeah. storm in. I'm like, right, that's it. Um, I yeah. didn't really ever put myself in his shoes. And um, it's definitely been a good thing, but it's easy for me to sit here and say to people listening, yeah, we just took it away and he's fine. And yeah. I know it's not that easy for everybody else. Um, but yeah, it's, it isn't. It's, it's... And also, when he goes back to school, part mm -hmm. of the social pressure of it is when mm -hmm. they're in the playground, they're all talking about it. And that was the pressure that I had really to start with the Roblox because. All of his friends were passing, you know, their passcodes and that, you know, their names on Roblox so they could friend each other. And right. I, I, my heart was aching because I'm like, oh my God, I'm isolating him, you know. 
because I was finding right. less, and less parents that were not putting their child on. So it's right, okay, the next step is you will go on, but I will be monitoring it heavily. And right. that's what I've said to parents, to be honest. It's really thinking about when they go on play dates, for example. Um, having that extra question, you know, you'd speak to the parent just to suss them out. Is it something that you're happy, you know, for your child to go to their home and have a play date? Now I say, oh, right, okay. And um, what's the so-and-so use when they're gaming? Oh, right, okay. And how long do you let them go on for? And do you know, you know, I'll have that conversation before he's going on mm -hmm. a play date. Yeah, because I've had that happen as well. Yep, they're often he, going to. I am. Um, he's on yep. play date on Thursday. Yep. Um, and I just said to the, I have already been honest with the mum and I just said, look, um, I'm just warning you, he isn't really allowed to play at home anymore. Yeah. And I'm not dictating what goes in your house, but yeah. if it is allowed, could we just make sure that he's not on, a, on it for too long? Or, yeah, or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've often said, oh, right, they're going on a play date. Well, he likes doing this, 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 you know, to try and deter from that, really. Do you know what I mean? So he likes cleaning bathrooms and toilets and being prepared. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez it's a tough one though and it's I think really hard. sometimes I, I feel like sometimes because we don't know the other parents that well you're not aligned with anybody so I knew that there was at one point there was 15 kids from his school on it you know and I was just like geez I mean I don't know all these parents because I'm yeah. really antisocial yeah. at the school gate and I don't go to enough socials <laughs> shoot me in the foot for not turning up do you know what I mean but it was that thing of like, oh crap, I don't really know if I've got the right to sort of say, hi everybody, mm. he's banned and would you mind if, you know, it's yeah. the way to sort of say it. it's quite awkward conversation, isn't it? I think. It is one, but I think sometimes parents are relieved by it because they'll be saying, oh, all right, it's not because when they started off, when they first started off on school closure, they would have like a session a week and it would, I would time it. Who's going to say, oh, can we play Roblox first? And it was complete mayhem. They'd all go on, complete chaos. Yeah. You're not listening to me. You're that, you know, just complete craziness. It's better if they have one, you know, they, they do it sort of like one-to-one -one rather than the whole group. So we start to do that. And then another parent was like, well, actually, maybe we just have a Zoom where they do something completely different once a week so they can engage with each other. And we've done mm -hmm. that. But what I found is the more we started the conversation, the more other parents have come in and said, Oh, for you, I thought it was just me. Yeah. That was interesting, actually, because that's how we met Michelle, wasn't it? On a thread in a Facebook group. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd lost my mind completely by that point. <laughs> um, and I put it out to a pitch because we were in a group of journalists and entrepreneur people. And I put it out to a pitch going, uh, Is there any other parents losing their mind over Fortnite? You know, like, yeah. and then I think it was like 78 comments. A lot. Yeah yeah really yeah huge huge of people going this is like drugs this is but i don't know but then there were, on the other hand there were people saying you know well, i work full-time i can't keep an eye i've got five yeah. children you know i think as well you know like everybody's in a different situation aren't they so mm -hmm. and it's difficult when you've got teenagers as well you know like because they aren't really responsive you know um you know it's it's a tough one isn't it for people to if they're stuck in the middle of it at the moment and you know the time limit thing is obviously what you sort of advise and stuff but mm -hmm. if the parent who goes out to work potentially who leaving their child at home they're you know they risk them being on it for hours don't they they if do like i was talking to somebody else who said their their wi-fi times out yeah you can do there's quite a few now that you can um purchase or an app that you can download that will, if you like, police it a little bit for you. But beware, because just as all of these are, are, are being introduced, children are finding more and more ways of getting around them, you know? Yeah. So all of them have almost like a back door that can be used. So you still, the best control is always parent control. Yeah, not trying to find another digital babysitter on top yeah. of But they're right, they are good and they can be used particularly when they're younger before they, you know, but YouTube is their friend and they're really busy at going around YouTube. And oh. But I couldn't believe this. Um, have you heard about the calculator app? Have you heard about that one on the phone? No. Yeah, they've got this calculator. Um, if you like it, it's kind of, it looks like a calculator app on the phone. And what they can do is then hide all the images that they don't want you to see, hide all the apps that they don't want you to see in the phone. 
So it looks, you look at the phone, it's just like, oh, right, they've been doing maths. So it's got no name or anything. It just says calculator, but behind <gasps> it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so there are lots of ways scary, of getting actually, isn't it? Very scary. Horrible. I oh, was talking to somebody who has got teenage daughters and they were saying that they went to school for a talk and it turns out that teenage girls now have one account that they show their parents but another 10 accounts that they're doing funny pictures on and all sorts of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh no. Um, so that's quite, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there are spy, spy you know, we're, I don't know, four years ago, morally, parents would have been like, oh gosh, I can't do that. It's the equivalent of looking into my, my daughter's diary. I'm not going to do that. And now I'm like, you know, some of you do that or you have a predator there. Some yeah. of you do that or, you know, you've got the 14-year-old saying to me, oh, just send one new picture, go on, you know. Oh. And we know the amount of times we have these conversations, but our children will still, peer pressure will always proceed, you know, will always take over um, with regards to what they want to do. So we do have to be there and we do have to monitor mm. more than we would have done four or five years ago. Yeah, I mean, mm. that's the problem with the live game, isn't it, as well? Because my sister's actually in the police force mm-hmm. and she worked on child protection, actually. And um, in all honesty, Max hadn't really gone on Fortnite till lockdown. That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. Because my sister had literally scared the bejesus out of all of us yeah. by showing us yeah. these videos. And I honestly freaked out. There was a case of one boy in Northampton. He, he was 15 and he was doing the games, sharing and everything. Mm. You know, lovely family, nothing, no, you know, ghosts in his closets or anything. But had this guy came on and just wooed them, you know, like, I'm this, I, yeah, I can help you develop games, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and really giving it this story and the awful ended with him being killed by this guy. He had groomed him for months and months and months and then he, he'd lied to his parents and said, I'm staying at my friend's for the night um, and I've subsequently gone to this guy's house. Oh. And Complete Absolutely. And it's about us really kind of getting away from the subtitle, okay, because they groom. It's yeah. really about having the detailed case studies about what it looks like. Yeah. Because, you know, there's an excellent one. I, um, I think I put it on my group. There's an excellent um, YouTube advert the other day, you know, showing the text of what the, the person was sending. And the text sounded like he was 12 or 13. Yeah. But actually, you're seeing this older man, you know, looked clearly like he was in his 50s, knocking on the door and the parents saying, what do you want with my son? And he's like, oh, I'm his friend. You know, I'm really 13. You know, she's clearly seeing this 50 year old man. But it was just showing you in real form what's happening online daily. You know, Uh, I mean, that's really freaked me out, actually. It's about keeping these conversations. And there was a really great film. I can't, you know, me and names. But there's a really good film on that. I was like, if Raph was a little bit older, I would have sat down and watched it with him. Because it's very much, again, about that, about a young girl being groomed really slowly, you know, and then eventually meeting this older man and how skillfully it was done and gradually over time. It's a really good movie to show, you know, with sort of younger teenagers, really, you know, that, that kind of um, 11, 12 age. Really um, I think something as well that I did, and I'm sure there's something that our listeners can look up um, through you as well, because you have so much information. But um, I realised how much on the back foot I was with all these because of the the way technology speeded up from when I had my Nokia 3310. Um, <laughs> the, the the stuff our kids are doing yeah. and dealing with, and 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 how. Um, schools do these information evenings and these and these people come and and talk to you and tell you you know this is you know if your kid gets sent a picture of a girl who's underage you know just possessing that picture is illegal um stuff that i I was just like whoa you know all this stuff i I had no idea we didn't send pictures god forbid me as a teenager sending a picture of my bottom or my boobies i i never never then never now but kids do that and 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 that in itself shocked me the fact that if my child had been sent one of these pictures just to have that on his phone would be that's an an underage child image yeah um I found all these information things at first I was like nah I'm fine I know what I'm doing but really truly as they came of age and this was a possibility for them um 
I became more interested and I'm so glad that I informed myself because yeah there's so much to know it's like talking about these computer games that you just don't have a clue about absolutely and it's really interesting that you were saying that you gave your 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 child um I've forgotten his name but you gave him the phone at you know that kind of it's almost like a rites of passage the end of year six going into year seven you know because it's then isn't it that they're traveling and becoming a little bit more independent from us yeah. and maybe getting you know traveling to school on their own etc and the, the most parents will decide that's the age where they'll give them their first phone but really we almost have to have that rites of passage ceremony with them if you like where we go through yeah. the do's and don'ts before we even give them that phone we can then continue doing that you know throughout yeah very very it's sad because it takes so much innocence away doesn't it it's like i had to have the talk with him you know you can't send you can't send this and you can't send that and you can't receive that and you can't and and i felt like oh my god i didn't know any of this stuff yeah there's so much bullying now though isn't there oh incredibly a lot of bullying goes on on the phone Yeah. yeah You know, just some of the comments, and you're like, even when they say, even on the game, when they're gaming, some of the things I'll hear him say, and I'm like, what happened to the please? What happened to the manners? What happened to the thank you? What happened to the, you know? But they're so involved in these games and the phrases that they use. But there is yeah. a lot, you know, of online bullying that does go on, and this kind of whole thing about be kind. But what does that mean? You know, what you know, what are the phrases that are acceptable and those that are not? So it's really about building up your child's self-worth, really, mm. and self-esteem and self-confidence, that they feel that they can themselves can say, actually, I don't want to do that. Or yeah, yeah. that's fine if you're speaking to me in that way. You're not really a friend. And feel that competent to do that. And I think that's our work as parents, really, to bring these kind of wholesome young people into a world where they feel resilient enough to be able to stand up for themselves. Yeah, no... I also think like from, from personally for us as well, I mean, I found myself just getting really annoyed at him, you know, like I love you completely, but actually I don't really like you that much now because you actually just, he, I mean, it went as far as he was quite cutting and mm. it was all aimed at me, you know, it was mm. like as if everybody else was standing on the byline and it was like, I'm going to go straight for you <laughs> into the heart, yeah. you know, and it was just like, so I think at some points I was just like I can't I have to be honest I was like I, can't, I just feel like right now I wish I could pack your bag and send you off to my yeah. sisters for a week because yeah. you know yeah. I, mean? I need a break and I felt really awful <laughs> for thinking that but there were points where I found it really hard to cope with and actually Kat you will not be the only parent so yeah. many parents are feeling that way have felt that way but you know well done like I said in the message the other day when you were like ah, well done for doing it because it's a really tough decision to make but you're investing in his future I can't tell you on Facebook cannot tell you the number of groups that I'm in where I have um seen wives like actually that's it now divorce papers I cannot cope anymore or, you know, just people really, you know, pouring their hearts out saying, this is awful. I cannot believe that he can't see. And I'm saying he, because there's a disproportionate amount of males and boys, particularly for gaming. Um, I, you know, I can't believe that he can't see what he's doing and how it's impacting on our family, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's almost a kind of knowing what the outcome will be if you don't kind of really stamp it out as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle, we've talked a lot about what you do, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about who you are because when I looked at you on paper, I was just like, oh my gosh. And then when we had a little chat about you before, we actually spoke to you and you said, oh yeah, a little bit of EFT, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. You are such an amazing woman. Your um, experience, your qualification, and I was just like, it was another, we had another guest where I was like, I'm a bit nervous. I was nervous to speak to you. And Kat no said, way. wait, yes. Kat said, wait till you speak to her though. She's the <laughs> loveliest person you'll ever speak to. And you are. Oh, something, I, something I always find amazing about people like you is that you must see and hear and, and so much stuff that would be easy for you to absorb. But because you're, you know, you're a doctor and you're so well-trained that you are able to go home and go back and 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 that stuff you deal with that stuff so um how do you look after yourself do you do you practice eft in yourself and and with raf and um how does that work how do you switch off 
So like everybody, I have great days, I have not so great days, but what I try to do is have a minimum that I do throughout. So I do the gratitude. I try to um, right. ensure that each day I do my gratitude list. I have a list that I, I will look at each week around EFP. So as I go through each week, two or three things that I will tap on. So something that's current that's occurring for me, something in the past that I'm like, actually, I'm really, so I've got my kind of past list that I've written down a while ago of all the things that, you know, all the issues that come up for me. And I will tap on one of those, you know, each week. And as things arise, I'll tap on them. I uh, basically do my kind of deep breath work and mindfulness. I try and, and do, and I say try and do every day. That would be my actual ideal. But in reality, there are some days where you're like, oh, I've got to 12 o'clock, I haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> I generally try to engage with those things on a regular basis. And I use them in my practice as much as I can. So um, a lot of the children are like, what is this? What is this tapping thing? <laughs> Are they quite accepting of it? Oh, children are, yeah. They'll be like, oh, this is really weird. But as long as there's nobody else watching, they'll do it and engage with it. <laughs> Raph is like, oh, right, mum. <laughs> I will do the dishes. I will do the dishes. You must be in my house, cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've got a particular form of meditation that I do. I did, I don't know if you know the silver method i did that training quite a while ago no, i've not heard of that one no oh it's a wonderful story it's called it's, it's called silver method um it was derived by a, a radio engineer actually in the 1960s and his name was jose silver um that's a very good and one. he had yeah i think he had 11 children Blind. yeah if he i needed um, to meditate <laughs> exactly and he kind of it's more of like a sort of hip, hypnotherapy hypnosis which is something that I do as well and he was like if there's a way that I can you know engineer these radios and, and find the waves on the radio and fix radios I'm sure I can do that with brain and that they started his journey so he's got a particular technique that's been developed and now his, his children run the business the organization around it but um I love it and there's a range of techniques that he uses and I was fascinated by it and find found out really through Wayne Dyer, who I then, you know, much yeah. much earlier on found out that he'd used it. Um, and he's my absolute go-to, really, Wayne Dyer. So um, once I'd find out that he, he used it, I became more and more interested in finding out about, about it. For those then, of people who don't know about Wayne Dyer, do you want to say who he is? Oh, Wayne Dyer is, um, is was, was one of yeah. the most amazing self-developmental um, coaches, I think. Um, that we've known in this, you know, 20, 20th century, 21st century, we're in now, aren't we? So 20th century, um, he was amazing. Um, he really, for me, he was one of the first self-development books that I've read. For me, he was very much about engaging with the spiritual world, but again, taking that into psychology because he trained as a psychologist. And I think that's why I was attracted to him initially. Um, and he'd really kind of started off generally talking about self-development as he matured and evolved, he moved more into um, engaging with the sort of spiritual world as well. Yeah. Um, I loved all aspects of him, really, Wayne. So I've got all his books, read them over and over again. He's great. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I've never heard of him. I have to look him up. Yeah, I mean, he's Fantastic. like the Louise Hay. In fact, weirdly, didn't they die in the same year? Yeah. That and they did a lot of work because most of his publications through Hay House. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, I find her an amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. She was amazing, actually. Also. Yeah. Yeah. You also, Lives Matter, you've done a lot, haven't you, to do with that recently? I just want to touch on, I know it's completely sort of taking us off subject, but you've had quite a lot to do with that, Michelle, haven't you? Yeah, I don't know if a lot to do with it, but I, I would say um, I don't think it takes us off subject at all. I think. Black Lives Matter, race, racism is integrated in everything, isn't yeah. it, really, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think now we're really engaging with recognising that, I think, yeah. you know, irrespective of your race, you know, I think people are now recognising that actually race is a part of most, most interactions that we have, most conversations that we have, you know, and really recognising it and putting it on the table is important to do now. Um, I've written a few articles around it recently, um, and had a few conversations around it, but yeah, I'm, I'm not out on the protests 
I think I would have been 20 years ago, but not now. Tucked up bed now. I think, well, you've had, you faced, um, so you're talking about your own real life incidents, aren't yeah. you? Um, when you talk about it, you're talking about what you've been through, aren't you? Oh, yeah. So I think um, what an article that I was asked to write the other day or contribute to was talking about your, your experiences of race and racism. And it really made me think because I would have been one of those people that would be like, well, I haven't had many. But actually, when I look at it, it hasn't mm -hmm. been overt, but more kind of institutionalised, if you like. Yeah. yeah. My first experiences was really when I was in my secondary school and we had the careers advisors and they would talk to you about what you wanted to do when you were older. And at the time, I was like, yeah, I, I've found out about what a paediatrician is. I want to be a paediatrician. And the school that I went to was like north of the borough, and it wasn't very culturally mixed at the time. So there's like a small cohort of black children and then, you know, really quite a, a big white population. And um, the careers teacher was like, mm, I think you'd be a really good nursery nurse. And um, that stuck with me for quite a while. It really did. And I think it's why it took me a long time to actually get to psychology. Because oh. I think unconsciously I was like, oh, well, but I don't know if I'm really actually meant to be doing this. Oh, yeah. my God. Like the whole lot of imposter syndrome. Yeah. A lot of these things have arose now because you're like, actually, I haven't even thought about that. But when I go back and think, yeah, actually, that did happen. In your face, careers advisor. <laughs> Look exactly. at Dr. Michelle now. <laughs> In your face. <laughs> so you're a mother. <laughs> Honestly, though, it does make me cross that kind of thing, though. Yeah. Because it does start to yeah. limit you at a really young age, doesn't it? Oh, incredibly, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think those advisors at that time, you know, there's so much that you could go back now and think, actually, and I don't think they actually consciously even knew they were doing it, to be fair, no. you know. Yeah. They, they didn't see it around and just thought, actually, let me just kind of lower expectations. You know, no. so it's not reaching too far and doesn't get disappointed. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, I had a uh, teacher at primary school at the end of year six favorite teacher mr king mm -hmm. and he said to my mom she is going to university she's just so bright she's going and my mom who was like very kind of like with you know windrush generation she was like looking at him suspiciously because he'd just come out of uni he had his jeans <laughs> on and, and he wasn't the type of person that she thought should be teaching her child you know <laughs> And you were the in your family to go to university, right? I was, yeah, I was. And I again, I would take it back to him, you know. Um, Mr King, you know, Tottenham supporter, complete fanatic. But he um, was very inspiring. It was very much like you will go. And he kind of planted that seed. So, you know, along the way, even though it, I was younger then, I'd had that seed of like, right, you're going to university. Um, and my mum had home taught me before I'd even got to school so I could read. And, you know, they had this discussion about whether I go to the next year or not, you know. And um, so it was him actually sowing that seed in, in year six and saying, right, university for you. And then this teacher that much later on saying, oh, no, no, nursery nurse for you, you know. So, you know, having those mixed messages and I guess free will, will you know, rules, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. See, that's a part of empowerment, isn't it? And, and the power of speech and telling someone something that, 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 that changes the way they feel or the way they act about themselves. And um, that's so powerful. And I think that's so beautiful that he was able to flick a switch in you that then was your yeah. fueling you. Um, and, and, and God, look at you now. Incredible. Oh, I wonder if your you. little boy knows how lucky he is to have such a... Incredible they just says mom. to me, Mum, you're not a doctor. You can't help me when I'm not well. You're not, <laughs> you're not a real doctor, are you? <laughs> what do you say to him when he says that? Right, there's lots of different doctors. <laughs> I can do mind control. <laughs> oh, bless. Michelle, it has been so wonderful to talk As to always, Kat, it is lovely to talk oh, to you at Liberty. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, Michelle, the pleasure is all ours. You've given us so many good tips, um, and I feel really grateful to you, actually, because personally, you've helped me a lot. Um, 
but I think in this you've really helped you will really be helping other parents as well because it has been you know it's been a tricky period anyway just generally um and then all at the forefront we're dealing with different things but your advice has been really valuable um and if people want to find you where can they find you um so I'm on Facebook Arts Michelle, Arts Dr Michelle <laughs> is a Facebook group for help with gaming and screen time. So um, you can look me up there and I have my website. Um, it's a name, so it's like definition, but the word is actually me definition. So you replace the D with an M and it's about you defining yourself. Ah, me definition. That's right. Like it. And you're Michelle with one L, aren't you? One L, yeah. My mum was a bit like yours, Liberty, but she didn't go so far with a beautiful name like that. She was like, I know Michelle's <laughs> a common name. Let me change it. I'll put one L in instead of <laughs> I was supposed to be called Katarina after an ice skater, but my dad couldn't be bothered to put the E in. <laughs> it's just oh. like, whatever. Michelle, you're amazing. Thank you oh, so much. Absolutely you gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, you too. Take care. Yeah. Lots of love. All Bye. Right. Bye. Thank you.